quit following the crowd and become your own person today on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Good morning, my fellow listeners. So good to be with you. They say laughter is the best medicine. But what about when the laughter is directed at you? Maybe you don't look like everybody else. Maybe you don't act like everybody else. Maybe you don't do the things what everybody else does. Did you know that 40% of children have been bullied online at least once? In school statistics say that 46% of males and 26% of, of females have been victims of physical bullying. Now, this is unacceptable. Today's guest knows all about bullying. Robbie D'Angelo was a youngster who was shy, introverted, and insecure. He filled his void in life with food. He went on to college, and even though Robbie was an All-American center for the University of the Southern Mississippi football team, he said, quote, he felt he was never good enough and had a hard time dealing with the pressure. He was becoming what everyone else wanted him to become instead of becoming himself. He reached a point, and one day he finally said, no more. He knew God was leading him to become the person he was created to become. Robbie went through a physical and spiritual transformation and today is a best-selling author, health coach, personal chef, nutrition expert, and motivational speaker. I invited him in today because someone listening is going to start a whole new life after today's show. Robbie, welcome. Ron, I am excited to be here, man. It's going to be a good morning. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be a good day. Uh, you're always excited, though. But before we get into your excitement, uh, I gave a little bit about uh, a brief introduction. Tell the listeners uh, maybe what I've missed. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, the 10,000-foot view of my life growing up. Um, I think that one of the biggest things I try to get across people when I talk about my origin story is growing up, I just... I focused my entire life on who everybody else wanted me to be. And I focused my attention on who do my parents want me to be? Who do my friends want me to be? And I, I never lived my own life. And what I was doing without knowing it was I was always seeking external validation. I, I needed people to tell me how good I was. I needed people to show me that I was worth it in this world. And one of the things you brought up was my weight and food. Um, for me, food was absolutely my drug of choice. Um, and it's what I use to bury my emotions. And, you know, being a young kid, you don't really understand what emotional eating is. But now looking back, I can say that absolutely. I mean, even to this day, food addiction is real for me. Um, and it all started when I was a little kid, just eating my emotions away. Um, so I think that's one of the big things that I want people to understand is growing up, you know, it's tough out there. And 70 to 80 percent of your personality for the rest of your life is actually formed before you're seven years old. That's incredible. I never knew that. Right. So, you know, a lot of times, it's, unless you do a lot of work thereafter, who you are for the rest of your life is 
determined by the time you're seven years old. And for me, that was being an extremely shy fat kid. And I have no problem saying I was the fat kid growing up um, because it's the truth. And it's that label that I put on myself and it's the story that I was telling myself. So the first you know, two thirds of my life, that's who I was. And then I just had to do a lot of work to overcome thereafter. But see, you, you saw yourself as a fat kid. Right. But somebody in the football realm saw you as a big boy that could be shaped into an All-American center. Tell us a little bit about your football career. Yeah, I mean, growing up, my dad was a high school football coach. Um, he coached at Long Beach, Harrison Central, and Gulfport. And my older brother was an absolute star. Um, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the country and just a phenomenal athlete. So growing up, I would hear stories of just football lore about my dad. And then watching him coach high school football and following up, I was 22 months younger than I'm still 22 months younger than my older brother, but I would watch him excel at everything. So, of course, me trying to please everyone, that's who I had to be. And I found an outlet in football. It was an outlet for me. Um, I became obsessed with working out hard um, and just pouring everything I have into becoming a athlete. I was not blessed with a whole lot of natural ability. Um, so I had to, in my eyes, work harder than everyone else in the room. And I did. I mean, I became obsessed with working out because once again, I wasn't doing that for my own validation. I was doing that to show my parents, show my older brother that, hey, I'm, I'm good enough too. And you were at USM. Uh, was that during the Jeff Bauer era? It was. It was. I was there 02 through 06. And so you actually, if you're an All-American center, you're you're big man on campus. So did you feel like the big man on campus? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, when I was there, yeah, I was getting some recognition, but it's it's almost like a drug addiction. Addiction recognition is for me because I would get that hit of recognition and validation from an outside source and it would last all of 30 seconds. And then as soon as that praise and recognition was over with, I'm back to being the fat, I'm back to being the fat kid again. And I was struggling so, like in college, man, I struggled so much with anxiety um, from wanting to be good enough and wanting to play to depression um, of really just feeling like I never fit in, um, feeling like an, like an outsider. And I, I saw football as my way of gaining that validation. And that's why I work so hard. I mean, I was watching an extra hour or two of game film every single day. So I was good. So you were wearing a mask. Oh, you were a mask. You were you were this star football player, but behind the mask, you were this scared, young, in your words, fat boy. Oh, a hundred percent. I was wearing a mask. I, you know, and it's so bad. Like at one point in my life, my friends who knew me well called me the politician because I would put on this fake persona wow. of who I thought everybody else wanted me to be, and I, that's who I lived by. But then behind closed doors in college, I'm binge drinking every weekend. I'm taking lore tabs every day just to be able to play because of all my injuries. I'm doing all these things behind closed doors to do what I thought I had to do to survive. But then out in public, you know, I'm putting on this persona of who I think everybody else wants me to be. Well, when Robbie is all alone, you go back to your dorm room and you look in the mirror. What do you see? Oh, I didn't look in the mirror. Like I totally hid from mirrors when I was in college. I hated the way I looked. Wow. I was 305 pounds. And even though I was one of the strongest guys on the team and my size was something I needed for football, I just didn't look in the mirror. I hated the way I looked. Um, and it's something I hid from. And 
even like now when I look back, the only, and I hate saying this, but it's so true. The only pictures I have of myself in college is when I was drunk. That's the only time that I allow someone to take a picture of me is when I had that liquid courage in me. Liquid courage. So is that what helped you get through depression and through that low self-image was drink? It was, it was food and drink. Absolutely. It was, it was any vice I could get my hands on to numb the pain and to forget about this story, this unrelenting story in my head of you're not good enough. You're the fat kid. You'll never be good enough. You're a failure like that. Anything I could do to get away from that was what I would cling on to. This is incredible. Listeners talking with Robbie D'Angelo and uh, was a uh, all-star center for USM football. But at the same time, as he said, he was wearing this mask. So it had to be you were going down this slippery slope. There had to be something that was getting ready to you were getting ready to crash and burn. Oh, absolutely. I was. I mean, it, it was even though I was seeing success on the football field. Um, by the time I finished playing, I'd already had two degrees. So I was having success in a classroom. But once again, I'm doing everything else everybody else wants me to do. I'm not doing like even the major that I picked was because my older brother picked that major because I thought that's what my parents wanted me to do. And I was just sliding down the slope because I, I didn't understand what internal validation was. I didn't understand my own strength, what made me who I was. So because I'm depending on this needle this heroin addiction of external validation that let's be honest is never enough. You're, you're drinking from an empty well because of that. It would just, it kept getting worse and worse. And even to the point where it was really bad the year that I finished playing college football and I no longer had that external validation. I was in grad school. And when I was in grad school, getting my uh, master's in finance, I was literally drinking probably four or five nights a week. There was some, there was a lot of times I'd show up in class with a drink just mm. to get through that year because I was so lost. I didn't know who I was. I didn't I didn't have a story anymore. Well, listeners, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we will talk to Robbie about his transformation because you hear him talk about a 308-pound uh, young man, but now in the studios, he looks like uh, Mr. America. In fact, he should probably have a little S on his chest for Superman. And we'll find out about the transformation and what he has some advice for somebody out there back in one minute it is finished my book the promoter it took me three years and well my story it is a wild story i will share things that i have never shared with anyone from my childhood to my days as a promoter i did anything to make a buck i was hungry for attention and publicity I really wasn't a good person. Sex, drugs, and money was driving me. But something happened on the road to become a millionaire. I ran into God. My story is written for you. As you read the book, God will speak to you through the pages. And your dreams will come alive and hope will be restored. Check out my book, The Promoter. It's available on my website, thepromoter.org, or online at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and iTunes. I hope you know I'm never going to let you down. I'm always going to build you up. But when you're feeling lost, I will always find your love. Never gonna walk away. I'm always gonna have your back. And if nothing else, you can always 
Welcome back, listeners. In the studio with me is Robbie D'Angelo. Uh, Robbie was uh, a young person that was bullied and wasn't blending in with all the other folks in the community. So he became who they wanted him to become and went on to USM All-Star All-Star Center for the football team. Was up to 308 pounds and drinking basically, in his own words, five to six days a week. But now it's time he hit a brick wall. And Robbie, what happened? What happened that made you say, no more of this, it's time to change? So for me, I got to a point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So after my last football game, um, we played in the GMAC Bowl in Mobile. I came back to Hattiesburg, had double knee surgery, which was surgery number three and four for the year. And my body was wrecked. Um, I fought, 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 and it was a complete everyday struggle to play football. And my body was beaten down. I had, at this point, um, four knee surgeries. I have a, I still have a chunk of bone missing from my shoulder, degenerative disc in my back, um, broken ankle. I was, you know, I had one of those medical charts in the training room where the the head trainer's like, literally, hey, I'm going to have to name this training room after you (laughs) because of how much you're in here. Um, There was nights that I would literally sleep in the training room to get treatment just so I could play in the game getting shots for the game. So physically I was beaten down, but even more than all those injuries, I was mentally just at my lowest because when you play through pain for all those years on top of being the fat kid, feeling like you don't fit in, feeling like you're not good enough. It was like this perfect storm that just hurled me into depression. And after getting my third and fourth knee surgeries, I'm laying there in recovery and I was like, okay, it's the first time in your life where you don't have to be the fat kid anymore. You don't have to do anything anybody tells you to do. You, you, you have to change your life. Like you can't keep living like this. And I'm, I'm laying there like in depression and just trying to figure out what my next step is. So in my brain at that time, I'm like, okay, let's lose the weight. Like you, you've always blamed your insecurities and your problems on being the fat kid. So let's start there. And What I did was over the course of a calendar year, I didn't know what I was doing because let's be honest, who's ever taught how to eat healthy growing up? It's just not something we teach, especially here in South Mississippi, but I knew how to work hard. And so I just said, okay, just apply the hard work to a health transformation. And over the course of a calendar year, I lost 105 pounds and it sounds like a lot of weight, but all I did was I focused on two pounds a week. Hey, just two pounds a week, two pounds a week. And I stayed consistent at that. And when it came to like my nutrition, I know what I was doing. I just knew if I worked my butt off and ate less, I would work out. Because when I was playing college football, my senior year, I was eating between ten to 12,000 calories a day. That's a lot of calories. <laughs> it's, it's like Michael Phelps level calories. Um, and I was drinking a 2,500 calorie protein shake just to start my day. That's about how many calories I eat in an entire day right now. But that was just my breakfast. So I went from that and just started cutting back and working hard. And of course, you know, part big part of my diet, like we mentioned earlier, was my drinking and, you know, partying and all that crazy stuff I was doing back then. And but for me, it was like, okay, like I thought that was my problem. I thought the problem was my physical weight. So that's what I wanted to address first. And over the course of that year, I was in grad school. So I was trying to rediscover who I was. I was trying to figure out for the first time in my life, who am I? Um, And that was that was an interesting journey, to say the least. Good question. What did you discover? Who is Robbie? What is God's intention for your life? 
So that kind of takes me to the what I what I think is the real transformation part of my story. So when I graduated from Southern Miss for now the third time, um, because I was just delaying the inevitable of growing up because I didn't know what I wanted to do, um, I began working and I continued living what I thought was what everybody else wanted me to be. So I took on the story of the American dream of let's go find a wife, let's get a job, let's you know get a place to live, let's go do all the things that society tells you is happiness and success. Um, so I did that. And over the course of the next five years, I built a business, um, got engaged, had a place to live, and I was doing everything I thought I was supposed to be doing. But at the same time, once again, I'm completely empty. Well, you're trying to become like everybody else wanted you to become instead of really digging deep down into your soul and saying, who am I? What am I here for? Is, is Am I hearing that right? That is 100% right, because that question that you just asked is a deeply personal question that everyone has a different answer to. And the only way to find out the answer to that question is by doing the deep internal work. And doing the deep internal work is scary because at that point you're going into the cave and facing the dragon <laughs> and you're, you're trying to pull that out of you. But it's it's scary. It's, and you've got to walk around without the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got you to take the mask off. But at this point, like I was still being the politician. I was still being whoever, whoever else wanted me to be. And for me, the real transformation in my life, like the biggest thing that I did to change the trajectory of my life was when I was 28 years old. And at this point, within the course of a three month span, I found out my business partner was stealing money from me and I went completely bankrupt. Me and my fiance broke up. And within that same three month period, my apartment got stole, got broken into and everything I owned got stolen. So I was 28 years old, dead broke, heartbroken without anything, moving back in with my parents. And what happened was, once again, I tried being who everybody else wanted me to be, and I tried living the American definition of success, and I completely failed. I failed to live up to that definition, so it actually put me into the deepest, darkest depression of my life, to the point where, after about six months, I'm literally laying in bed with a bottle of pills, ready to say this is enough, ready to say I am done. Well, obviously something happened, something intervened because you're sitting here, you're looking great and healthy. Uh, please tell me that you were beginning to have a conversation with God and things were getting ready to change. That's actually exactly what happened. So I read a book in my early 20s called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And guys, if you haven't read that book, I implore you to go read that book. It's life changing. But when I was laying there with that bottle of pills in my hand and just ready to be done, because I felt like a loser. I felt like I'm never going to be good enough. And you know what? I tried. I'm just not good enough. That was literally the story I kept telling myself every day. And when I was laying there in bed, one of the last chapters in the book is about who you're meant to be and the gifts that God gives you that you have to actually open that box and use. And I'm laying there thinking like, you know what? You've been an All-American. You've got your master's in finance. You've done some pretty amazing things in your life. And you're not meant to work 70 hours a week in a job you hate, come home, watch Netflix and go to sleep. Like that literally was my life. And I just repeated that week after week. So what I had to do like in that moment was I said, hey, you've got to do something. You've got to get out of this. You're meant for so much more than this. You're meant for actually you're meant for life. You're meant to go out there and do something. 
So at that point, like I made the conscious decision to go and discover why am I here? Like, what's the purpose of my life here on this earth? Well, Robbie, I am sorry that time is up, but we're going to have to do this again one day. But I need people to know how to get in touch with you because you and I know you have a website because you are a ball of energy. You're a nutrition expert. You're a speaker. God has really transformed you into making a difference in other people's lives. Uh, so how do people get in touch with you? So my website is just RobbieDiangelo.com. All the socials, Robbie D'Angelo. I answer every message personally. Um, it's one of the things I love doing is just having conversations with people and finding ways that I can help. And I, I really believe like I'm put on this earth to tell people it's not over. You're not stuck. And let's go. Let's go do something special. My, my slogan is be the hero you want to be. Be the hero you want to be. I like that. One last thing. The title of the show is get the hell out of your life. Amen. So. Somebody out there, in your wisdom from Robbie D'Angelo, how do they get the hell out of their life? Change your story, change your life. Change the story you're telling yourself about who you are. One of my favorite things I say to myself is I am because I am. And I just, I have to remind myself of my own strength and who I was destined to be and how much more that I truly believe we're put on this earth to do. And what else, and what you're also saying in that, what'd you say? I am? I am because I am. And if you look, the name of God in the Bible is... I am. I am. I am because the great I am. Amen. What's your story? We're looking for stories of hope and overcoming life's struggles with God's grace. Your story validates God's love, mercy, restoration, and forgiveness. We want to help you share your story with the world. Visit our website, thepromoter.org, and click on the Share Your Story link and submit your story. Your testimony of God's amazing grace will change a person's destiny for eternity. Have you heard the joke, why did the boy throw the clock out the window? Because he wanted to see time fly. Now most of us know how fast time seems to be passing. It was just yesterday when we were playing with our children and embarking on a career. Then in a blink of an eye, our children have grown up and we find ourselves asking, where did the time go? And for some, we begin to ask the question, now what? When I was in the Air Force, I worked in the hospital. That experience caused me to have an appreciation and love for life. It helped me realize that I wanted to live my life on my terms. I left the Air Force at age 23 to start a production company. Now, conventional wisdom said, don't do that. It's too risky. You don't know what you're doing. That was true. But the desire to live my dreams and become me consumed me. I never envisioned failure. I only saw opportunities. I have a book, and when I was doing some research at the library, I saw articles from past events that I had forgotten. There were times I burst out laughing in the library and thought to myself, I was a gutsy guy. The one thing I noticed, I did not have a fear of failure. Some of my early events were flops, but I didn't care. My philosophy was, so what if it doesn't work? I'll try again. Risk was my drug for passion. Now, 20 years ago, I was climbing that proverbial ladder to success, and I discovered something on that ladder. I was on the wrong ladder. <laughs> I got off that ladder that was a sure thing and started climbing the ladder to my destiny. Now, at the time, there was no person, no person in my life that agreed with what I was going to do. 
When I walked away from all the fairs and festivals to begin a new journey with God, I had people that wanted me to see a shrink, but I paid no attention. I was going to go where God directed me, even if it meant I had to work at McDonald's or stand in the median with one of those cardboard signs that said, we'll work for food. God had impressed upon my heart a desire beyond words to discover my destiny. I needed to know who am I? Why am I here? And let me tell you, it's been the most incredible journey because I took a risk. I gambled on my future because God was directing me. And boy, did it pay off big time. Everything I thought I would do, I am not doing, but everything I am doing, I never knew I could. So what about you? Now, I didn't tell that story about me to just hear you know something about me, but I wanted you to start thinking about your destiny. It's never too late and time is passing. God's message for you today is this. This is your time. You are only one decision, one choice away from discovering God's intentions for your life. When you choose to follow God, he opens the door to your future and no person can shut it. God can do in one month what it might take us years to do. If God has a plan for you, isn't it common sense then? He must make it happen if you choose to follow him. If you don't become you, who will? Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up, and um, I want to tell you about my book, The Promoter. It's been out a few weeks, and it is getting a lot of good reviews. A lot of people are getting some hope and inspiration as they read my crazy story, story that um, from my child to an adult life and a story of uh, hopelessness and success, failure, a little bit of everything in life. But something happened one day on my way to become a millionaire. I ran into God. And my life was never the same, but uh, my story will encourage you. It will inspire you. And I promise you this, when you read the story, God will speak to you through this book and your dreams will come alive. Check it out. It's on my website, thepromoter.org, or you can buy it online at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or iTunes. Even the ebook is out there. Well, God loves you. God has a plan for you. And it's up to you to discover your destiny by getting the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? 
And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.